Welcome to Comic Book Keepers, where we talk about comic book characters, their history, and their impact on our lives. I'm Lance. I'm Chris. And I'm Jeremy. And we're back for part two of our San Diego Comic Con 2022 review, or I guess the How recap. Exciting. Yes. Recap part two. Because the yeah. part, part it, there's just so much to recap. Like we had to do a sequel. There was just too much action in those four and a half days. And, yeah. and we have a lot to say about certain things that we did. And, and just like we said in the first part, our experience, we wanted to kind of take people through, you know, different experiences because each one of us kind of did different things. And so who wants to kick things off? We're going to start with Saturday. We went through Wednesday, preview night, Thursday and Friday on part one. If you haven't listened to that, lots of events that happened, lots of meeting people and panels gone to and different things that we picked up along the way but saturday there was uh is, is the big media day and we're definitely going to get into some stuff towards the end but um what was the first thing that that y'all did on saturday well lance and i went to the massive verse panel uh Ooh. that was our first yeah that was our first order of business on saturday um so <clears throat> for those of you who haven't been keeping up with kind of big events and arcs happening at the uh, at image comics um radiant black uh by uh, kyle higgins has sort of uh taken off and become a much larger uh property if you will and spun off into a number of other series written by other uh amazing creators um that have basically turned into what's called the massive verse. Uh, and so this panel featured uh, all of them. <laughs> uh, Ryan Parrott was there. Kyle Higgins was there. Um, uh, Melissa was so, there. Yeah. So yeah. there was uh, Melissa Flores, who is going to be a part of the dead lucky series. There was Matt groom who was writing Inferno girl red. And then there was also, it was also uh, on the panel was Cherish Chen, who is writing the radiant red miniseries That's just about to wrap up. And then it was uh, moderated by Megan Camarena, who, surprising during the event, was also announced to be co-writing a new Radiant series, Radiant Pink. And she will be co-writing it with Melissa Flores. So that was really exciting news to hear. So Massiverse is getting even bigger. They also announced that... Uh, Supermassive is going to get a sequel comic, and so it's so Supermassive issue two will be coming out. Very excited because that is where all of the Massiverse characters come together, just like they did not too long ago. So very exciting to see that continue. Some of the exciting news that came out of it was the announcement about a few interesting things they're going to be doing within each of these comics. Ryan Parrott talked about Rogue Son, his book within the Massiverse, and he mentioned that there is a new villain that is going to be coming. This villain is going to, in a way, manipulate time and how it's perceived, which which sounds really interesting. But the issue they're going to do it in or have this character be introduced is going to be a not choose your own adventure, but kind of like a choose your own adventure. They can't legally say a choose your own adventure, which I thought was pretty interesting. So that's fun. Yeah, I that think was funny. I, I think the villain's called Ornate. I think that's the the name of the one that's coming. On the other side, though, with Radiant Black, Kyle Higgins was talking about 
an upcoming issue. I think it's issue 18, which is going to introduce a new Radiant character as well. And within that issue, in order to really educate everyone about the character, it's going to be written in a way where throughout four different eras of this character's life, the story or the comic can either be read from right to left, like you would read page by page. And there's, it's literally cut into four sections each page. So you can either read it all the way across through one era and then start back all the way over at the beginning and go through the next era or read it page by page like a comic normally would. So they're doing some pretty interesting things over there. Uh, very excited because the Massiverse has been a lot of fun. All of these creators met when they were working on Power Rangers or the majority of them. Now they get to do their own thing without any limitations. Nice. Agreed. I I really like the um, yeah the the bit about like not being able to call it a choose your own adventure, but just the concept of it sounded super super interesting um, with the time control. Uh, and then I also liked the the various um, previews, not just of the villains that were coming out, but we also saw some previews just of like pages out of the latest issue that came out this week, like for Radiant Black sixteen and some other things. Um, so it was just really cool. Uh, to see all of that and also just to kind of feed off of um, Higgins and everyone else's like real passion for this universe. Um, you could tell that, you know, they were all really excited to see how far their respective projects had come uh, because like what they're doing is really hard. <laughs> like it's yeah. really hard, like to just like, you know, it, like if Kyle Higgins wrote radiant black and it ran for five issues and it sold a good amount and he, he could have just called it a day, right? Like he could have just put a bow in it and been like, hey, I had a fun little run. I played a little bit with like a Sentai series, whatever, and walked away from it. But like this has turned into so much more. Uh, and it just really speaks to the quality of the talent involved in all these various projects. So um, I really enjoyed it. It was a lot of fun. Um, you know, Megan was a great moderator, too. Um, so, yeah, it was a good time. Yeah, and, and don't be surprised if you hear a little bit more about uh, Massiverse creators uh, and this podcast uh, together. So uh, be on the lookout for more. Ooh, teaser. Ooh, ooh, what? <laughs> little, little, little teaser something? Uh, little, little tease. Little, we, uh... we, later on in this episode, we might get into a little bit more info about that. But uh, let's, let's move on to see, uh, Chris, what did, what did you get up to? Uh, well... Saturday, I walked around and did um, uh, a little bit of shopping and I bought some stuff that I had been wanting to buy because I knew that most of my Saturday was going to be spent not in Hull H, but in Ballroom 20, which is a smaller, big room. I really wanted to kind of make sure that I had a good seat in there and also kind of do my diligence and hold seats for my friends. So, uh, but yeah, the morning I just kind of uh, shopped around a little bit, got some got some cool stuff. I got some artwork from uh, Jim Chung, who is an artist for um, Marvel and uh, has some amazing cover art. So I bought some posters from him. And um, I didn't actually go to this panel, but uh, there are a couple of panels I want to highlight on Saturday that happened. One of them, as a big Avatar or The Last Airbender fan, um, there was a panel called Avatar Braiding the Elements, and um, from Avatar Studios, they're making three movies, they announced. And the first movie is going to focus on Aang when he was a little bit older during his 
kind of adult years or teenage later teenage years. But anyway, it's fig- f- focusing on Aang. And that's very exciting that they're doing another um, animated movie. Uh, yes, I'm Avatar so excited. Universe, so excited pretty for cool. that. Um, we should also uh, talk about the DC media panel or the Warner Brothers movies panel. We should at least mention it, that it yeah, happened. Sure. And uh, they they announced, well, they didn't really announce anything new, I don't think, but they, uh, in Hall H, they had, they did a say that there was going to be no more Snyderverse movies. So sorry, Snyderverse fans. Um, they had a big presentation for Shazam Fury of the Gods and uh, released a new trailer for that, which looks fun. It's, you know, Shazam, the first movie was was fun. This looks fun as well. I, I love uh, the new trailer. The new trailer yeah, is so good. good. It's I fun. Yeah. I mean, Hel- yeah. Helen Mirren is the big villain and she's cool. And yeah, it looks fun. Yeah. There's, it's the f- like, it's like, it's like a family superhero movie. Yeah. The, the first Shazam is one of my favorite DCEU films, period. So I'm, yeah. I'm super excited for what comes this, like what's coming with the next one. It looks like yeah. a blast. And, and good. then, so that kind of leads directly into the next trailer that they dropped. So Dwayne Johnson was there and they dropped a new trailer for black Adam and I, I gotta say, I, I enjoyed this trailer too. Uh, apparently, there was some some extra footage as well uh, of him just going to town <laughs> on bad guys, and like it was really brutal. I guess a lot of the footage they were showing too. Sweet. Uh, so it got some people excited for um, seeing uh, Dwayne Johnson really bring yeah. Black Adam to life in the right way. So I'm uh, I, I'm optimistic. Uh, there, there, you know, there was a, obviously there was a lot of buzz around maybe Henry Cavill uh, showing up to to reprise his role as Superman or make an announcement yeah. and that didn't happen. Um, but uh, big, yeah, big opportunity dropped there yeah. uh, from DC. I mean, they they could have and they did not. So and 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 they definitely DC. You know, they they definitely you know leaned into Shazam and Black Adam. And a lot of those released properties pretty heavily because like even on the Comic-Con bags, I mean, they got Jim Lee to do this whole, you know, multiple character spread of like their current media properties. And Black Adam and Shazam were like pretty heavily featured on like, uh, you know, on the covers. And they had some other characters like the, the Titans were on there and Doom Patrol was on there. And even like the Super Pets were on there, like Teen Titans Go was on there. Nowhere on there was uh, the Flash. Um, uh, Batman was very small, but it wasn't like I don't even think it was the Batman, like the Robert Pattinson version. I think it was just kind of like a Batman. <laughs> <laughs> Here's a Batman. Is it the a- Batman? No, it, no it's, it's a, a Batman. Batman. <laughs> it's, it's, a, it's a Batman. Yeah. Yeah. Is it that Batman? No, it's a Batman. <laughs> yeah. So just, just um, so what, it was one, really interesting. Yeah. One other thing that came out, I guess, pretty recently, it wasn't even at San Diego Comic-Con, but apparently someone associated with like the Black Adam film. I, I feel like it was it was somebody very prominent. I just saw it kind of in passing. And they said that there has been no discussion yet of Shazam and Black Adam doing a crossover film, mm-hmm. which is either the worst like lie DC has ever come out and said, or yeah. we should be that more concerned about the DC universe that the yeah. two characters that are literally arch enemies with one another yeah. 
that have the exact same symbol on their chest. There has right. been no discussion about having a crossover. That is either terrifying or a horrible lie. Either way, I don't feel yeah. great about it. Yeah, like the worst kept secret. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, one would hope that characters that literally came from the same, <laughs> their own kind of universe uh, would have some sort of matchup at some point. <laughs> And the fact that Black Adam is its own thing and not a spinoff of Shazam is kind of interesting, but it's like, okay, well, here we go. And, um, you know, bless them. They're, they're trying. Um, meanwhile, (laughs) meanwhile, on the other side of the convention hall, um, let's talk about the Marvel comics next big thing panel, which happened on Saturday as well. Um, this was a, a really fun panel that I was also not at, but uh, I read a <laughs> a fun um, recap of it, and they announced a lot of upcoming storylines and upcoming uh, different runs and things like that from t- titles that are coming up, including um, Carnage and Iron Man and uh, Moon Girl, Devil Dinosaur. Um, there is a uh, Doctor Strange Fall Sunrise, which looks really trippy and weird and like 60s. Um, it's from the fantastic mind of creator Trad Moore from Silver Surfer Black comes a strange story like you've never seen. And it's well, it, well it Jeremy's like, going to buy all of that because anything it, with Doctor Strange in it, he must own. It looks like it's art true. from like uh, the, the Beatles um, Yellow Submarine is the closest mm-hmm. thing I can like relate. I'm to. so excited yeah. for it. I cannot even tell you. <laughs> like, <laughs> the um, Silver, Silver Surfer Black art was was very trippy like that, too. Yeah. Uh, but Silver Surfer, I have Silver Surfer Black and Treasury Edition, and I it's beautiful. Love it, I love it. So I cannot there's, wait to get a strange. Story. There's a there was art of a Ghost Rider story in which, <laughs> and I'm trying to explain the artwork here of all these characters on motorcycles, including Swamp Thing, Rhino, Blade, Johnny Blaze, Doctor Doom, Wolverine. <laughs> Moon Knight <laughs> and maybe Daredevil. I can't. There's, there's, all there's these a characters. Lot, a lot. Did you of see that? On that, that yes, yeah, I saw it. It's like, it's, it's ridiculous. It's like, there's so many like, of them. Huh? <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it, it looks pretty awesome. <laughs> yeah, like um, it, it's ridiculous, but I kind of want it. Yeah. So Ghost Rider, uh, there's a storyline called Captain America Sentinel of Liberty, which kind of focuses on Captain America's shield origin, which sounds kind of interesting. Um, there is a huge Avengers, uh, storyline called Avengers assemble alpha, which apparently features a crossover of Avengers of ultimate Avengers, regular Avengers and Avengers from BC, uh, like all, all these like old, old school, like different. Yeah. It's, it's just nuts. Like, um, so that looks really cool. There's a Shang-Chi, uh, story coming out um the dark web is a upcoming crossover by zeb wells which is all about the um spider-verse and web related heroes and villains and it also includes a limited series called gold goblin which is norman osborne with a cool goblin suit looking to uh it looks pretty (laughs) amazing he looks basically like a power ranger oh my gosh every few years they have to make norman osborne a different colored goblin they did it just a few years ago in asm when he was the red goblin because he had the carnage symbiote on him i mean he just give it a few he years. Looks, he'll he'll be the technicolored goblin. He looks the pretty purple, dope. The purple I'm goblin. Not lie. 
That's pretty yeah. dope. Like anything um, Power yes. Ranger esque, I'm into. So I'm sure I'll read it still. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it's uh, it's 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 pretty good. Um, Did they talk about Judgment stuff. Day at that panel or no? Um, let's see. Because I know Judgment Day is like running right now. So yeah, or it's I don't, just started. I think this is all stuff that's coming out later in like November and like. Uh, oh, okay, so it's it's post Judgment Day then, because yes. I okay. By the way, Judgment Day is running right now by Karen Gillan. You need to go read it all. It's amazing. Uh, or, anything, or keep up with just it. Read, yeah, just read everything by Karen Gillan. You can't go wrong. Anything Karen Gillan writes, you can. It's a safe bet. It's a safe bet. Uh, I'm loving it so that's, far. Okay, that's all I got it with that panel. Uh, cool. Let's see. I'm trying to think. So Saturday, Chris, you mentioned going to Ballroom 20 to hold seats and 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 have a secure spot. Um for uh, yes. a number of panels through the day, but a key panel uh, for us was the Critical Role Q&A panel, uh, yes. which was uh, later that day. Um, is there anything critical before we went to the Critical Role panel that we wanted uh, to talk about? <laughs> um, uh, uh, comics related, not really. There was a couple of things for TV shows like Simpsons, Family Guy, The Orville, um, uh, Mythic Quest, which is which is a, a really fun, nerdy show that y'all should watch if you haven't because it's it's... It's about a gaming company, but it's uh, written by the same guys that did. Um, uh, it's always, always sunny in Philadelphia. Yeah, yeah, and it's it's a really fun show. Um, it's just a kind of a fun show about people that that the, the irregular family of of failed characters that uh, have to kind of figure it out. And then the critical role panel. Um, so yeah, and and honestly, the critical role panel was a little muted this year um not in a bad way but um it, it you know sam wasn't there so i think it, it lacked a little wackiness um and they didn't really announce anything it was all q a um but it, it's it's online you can see it on their twitch or youtube or something like that um and it yeah. was you know had a lot of fun questions that really delved into a lot of the character origins from all three you know campaigns that they've had but what did y'all think Lance, I had, I'll let you go yeah, first. <laughs> I, I had fun, honestly. So we sat in Barroom 20 for both of those panels, so Mythic Quest and Critical Role. I had fun with both of them. The people associated with both of those shows and properties, they're all great. They're all hilarious. Uh, with Critical Role, like the q and I think there was actually a lot of good questions that were asked. Uh, there were some pretty deep questions that went to certain cast oh, members yeah. that, uh, that definitely... Beautiful answers. Yeah, Beautiful mm-hmm. responses, to be honest. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was yeah. Liam O'Brien just uh, pretty much starting to make everybody cry in the in ballroom. So uh, it, it was just fun. It, it was great to finally see them in person because we've been, we've been watching Critical Role for, for so many years at this point. And all these people have been associated with properties that we, we grew up with and, and we've been enjoying. We, made it a point in many of our early episodes that we tried to include a member of critical role in every single episode. So we would mention, Oh, and by the way, this character is, or this actor does a voice of for this character in this Marvel show. And they're on critical. Role. Like, so we always tried to do that just because they make us laugh. We wanted to like, just share that around, but I, I had a lot of fun. what do you think, Jeremy? I really enjoyed it. Um, I, I usually am a bit, concerned not concerned um 
what's the right word? Q&A isn't the best part of any panel for me, typically, because <laughs> usually like it, it's hard to moderate, right? I mean, it's hard to like know what you're going to get. Yeah. And I mean, don't get me wrong. The fans help to make the industry, right? But yeah, then yeah. sometimes the wrong fan gets in front of the microphone and it's just not comfortable for anyone. And then it's, um, and then it's morbid time. And then it's more, I literally was just thinking about that, a particularly cringeworthy moment in Q&A at the DC panel, but um, where somebody just, you know, <laughs> yeah. Poor um, Matt Smith. Anyway. Poor Matt, poor Matt Smith. But yeah, so I was not sure, you know, uh, what to expect from a panel that was strictly Q&A, but, uh, you know, like both of you have said, I, I was very pleasantly surprised by the quality of the questions uh, and the quality of the answers, you know? Um, so like, for example... You know, somebody asked uh, Liam O'Brien about, I know Lance was kind of referring to this earlier, like, you know, Liam making everybody cry, uh, about how he used basically his inspiration for the way that Caleb processed trauma in campaign two. And and this was, this isn't the whole answer, but this is kind of how he had it, had, he ended that answer. The, the, the best way to answer this in a crowd full of people <laughs> is to say that, I, that I'm happy that I got to use the story we told uh, of the Mighty Nine with Caleb, that, that people are really flawed, all of us, but it doesn't mean that, that every one of us is, is able to achieve great things, regardless of what's happened to us in the past. It doesn't mean we forget them. It doesn't mean that they go away. We live with them. But the world is still there for every single one of us. And so, like, hearing that, like, oh, my gosh, like, that was so powerful. Like, and, and people kind of interrupted in the middle with, like, you know, applause and everything. But I just think that was a really impactful message. And I was live tweeting the panel uh, at the same time. And that tweet was one of the most, you know, engaged tweets from the weekend because a lot of people said that exact thing. Like, I needed to hear this, right? Like, mm -hmm. this was something really motivating and inspirational to me. Um, and so... I thought that was awesome. Um, but yeah, I mean, overall, I thought it was a great panel. Um, great questions, great answers. And yeah, I'm really glad that we were able to go and, and, and see them. I have a few things that I'd like to share that I bought on Saturday. Um, nothing groundbreaking, but just kind of things I'm excited about reading. Um, I've been wanting to get the uh, Ryan Otley Amazing Spider-Man book. So I got a couple of those. Just nice. you know, nothing, nothing too big, but I was just like, oh, I, I, I mean, I know I could find them, but I, yeah, sometimes you just see something you're like, yeah, I'm going to get that today, you mm -hmm. know? <laughs> yeah. So, and I went by the image booth and, and I usually have been picking up, uh, those, you know, uh, ultimate editions of invincible, but they didn't mm -hmm. have version, uh, like, uh, number eight or nine or something. They just had some of the earlier ones and I was like, all right, well, um, and I kind of just asked, I was like, Hey, uh what would you recommend? Like, what's, what's good? What has good art? What has good story? Like, what's a good, like character based thing. And I kind of talked about our podcast to somebody that was working the image booth and she was like, Oh, okay, well, let me, let me recommend something. And she pulled out monstrous. Have you mm -hmm. guys heard of this yeah. one? Yep. So, mm -hmm. uh, so I had not, but, um, Super. apparently one's, one's a lot of awards for like Eisner and things like that. Um, so I'm excited to read this. I got the volume one awakening, um, graphic novel collection it looks beautiful yeah yeah the art's oh, phenomenal 
I definitely think we should uh, think about maybe doing that as a character because it's apparently a fun like female protagonist main character. And mm-hmm. I also had been wanting to get this just because the show's coming out. Paper Girls. I got the uh, book collection, the first book collection of of that, which I think is is a really fun book as well. Awesome. I on Saturday I did make a pretty exciting purchase. Um, which was, that's nice. Um, at the Mondo booth, uh, they had, uh, they have, well, they have limited edition records and collectibles and figures, but they're also very well known. They started with, uh, movie posters and they had a 24 by 36 poster of silver surfer of the parable uh, issue one of, of Parable, which is one of the most iconic um, stories that really has been told of Silver Surfer. Uh, it's so and it is it, it's so, so amazing. So pretty. Uh, and so um, our friend Chris Hacker from Oblivion Bar Pod, I, I saw it on his Twitter feed and he's like, look what I got. And I'm like, oh, my God, I need that right now. And he said that they were sold out. And I was like, oh, no. So I ran over there as soon as I could. There was some gap between panels or something. So I ran over there and I asked the attendant at the booth. I'm like, hey, do you still have any more of those posters? And they had like 20 left. So they must have pulled some out from the back or something. But I was able to get one and it is now hanging proudly on my wall. And so that um, that was probably, gosh, I think it's my favorite purchase of the weekend, to be honest. I think it's probably my, my favorite purchase of the weekend. Um, but I picked that up on Saturday while we're talking about some some buys that we made. Um unless Lance, you had anything else to call out from Saturday. I think there was another important thing that happened that evening that we wanted to discuss. Uh, before we get to the evening, I just, one thing that both Jeremy, you and I got to do on Saturday was uh, we, we had been trying to get our ghost cage. Number one signed by Nick Dragota. Uh, yes. Yes. Uh, yes. We, we were, it was unfortunate because some days like some signing times got switched around. We had other panels we had to go to. And Saturday was the final day that Dragota would be there to sign. And we were able to time it perfectly before one of the panels that we were going to. And it just so happened. So got to meet Mr. Dragota. He was extremely nice. Had a fun conversation with him at the booth just because we were there uh, early because we were like hope- hoping that we could see him before we had to leave. And surprising enough, when we actually were talking with him, he said, oh, you guys might want to stick around for a second because Caleb is going to be coming over like right now. And Caleb Goldner is the co-writer for Ghost Cage. So, of course, we wanted to have both of the the writers on this amazing comic on our book. So we stuck around. We gave it a few minutes. And literally just before we had to take off to go to the panel, Caleb walked up and signed our book. It might possibly be the smallest signature I've ever had on any comic I've gotten signed. But both of us now have both co-writers' uh, signatures on our copies of this book. And they, it's great. It's such a good comic. Yeah. Yeah, amazing. And um, when we were chatting with him uh, at the at the booth, um, so being a big anime fan uh, and knowing that Dragota takes a lot of inspiration from that as well, um, there were some rumblings about an adaptation for really his iconic work on East of West um, with Hickman uh, in terms of turning it into an anime series. And while we were there chatting at the booth, he told me something that like blew my mind. He said... Um, 
that they were they were in talks with director Yo Moriyama, who uh, directed Megalobox. So anime fans who have been keeping up so with things good. in the anime world. Oh my gosh, the series is amazing. First season was really great. The second season is phenomenal. Um, so yeah, I just imagine, gosh, just that, that the visual spectacle of Megalobox, like married with the rich narrative of east of west i'm just like i can't handle it it's just too cool to think about um but anyways unfortunately that fell through but it was just really cool to kind of like walk away with that information to know like yeah he was really serious about it and they were in talks with with this really talented director to make it happen so um yeah that was a that was a cool takeaway from that he, that's not the only bit of uh, exciting information that dragoda told us while we were at the booth uh he, i also i had mentioned how much I loved the series and was sad to, to see that it was only three issues. And Dragota's response was, uh, l- let's just say, uh, hopeful about the series continuing or I- in some capacity. So we, we might be seeing more ghost cage, uh, coming in the future, which would be amazing. So now good. the, the only other thing that I did on Saturday before we get into what we did that night, was I had the opportunity to sit down with one of my favorite writers in comics, Ryan Parrott. So uh, I mentioned earlier that uh, we had some massive verse stuff coming, and I had the pleasure of getting to uh, walk around the hall with Ryan. We went upstairs, literally sat down on the floor next to each other, and proceeded to have a half-hour-long conversation about what's going on with Massiverse, what with him and Rogue Son. We got to talk about his time with Power Rangers and coming to an end, as well as being able to discuss the exciting news about the Mighty Morphin Power Ranger Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle Part 2 series, or Series 2 that is coming out uh, soon, that he will also be writing. So I, I know a lot of people had been clamoring for that sequel series because the first one was so great. And very excited that Dan Mora is not only going to be doing the covers for that series, he's actually going to be doing the interiors as well. So a Ryan Parrott written TMNT Power Ranger story that is going to deal with Dimension X is going to be illustrated by Dan Mora. I don't know how he has the time. (laughs) How does does he have the time to do interiors? and, And that is not something that just us believe because like Ryan also had no idea how he was able to pull it off. The other creators that are on either side of Ryan. So Kyle Higgins was there. And then I, I apologize. I forget the creator that was to the other side. Was it Matt? But, uh, was no, it Matt? No, no this, he was on the end. Yeah. Yeah. So this wasn't at the panel. Um, but they, all of them were like, he has to have a brother that is chained in the basement somewhere that is doing the art as well, because he, he's putting out so much content. It's unbelievable because he's doing Once in Future, he's doing World's Finest, he's doing a host of other variant covers. There, I have no clue how Dan Mora pulls it off. But anyway, I had I had so much fun talking with Ryan, and uh, I recorded it, and it will be our episode for next week. So uh, be sure to check that episode out when it drops, because Ryan actually shares a little bit of information in there about the upcoming Power Ranger TMNT crossover. As well as his other work with Massiverse, he might have dropped a little bit more information than he shared anywhere else before. I'm just saying you might want to check it out. It's super fun. After 
that wonderful conversation and all the panels and critical role and everything. Uh, we were hungry. We were ready for Very. some dinner. Yeah. Hungry. Uh, um, and so, uh, we, uh, Lance and I went off to get some food with some friends from the online world, the podcasting world. Uh, we, we met up with, um, Chris Hacker from Oblivion Bar Pod. Uh, we also met up with, uh, John Brandon from Galactic Dads and Brad and Lisa from the, uh, the inf- infamous, famous, uh, world famous uh, <laughs> comic book uh, couples counseling podcast. Uh, and we just had a great time. We just had a really good time uh, so enjoying San Diego. Yeah. San Diego taco shop food at Lolita's. Had a del- some delicious carne asada fries. Had some delicious burritos. Um, talked about our various comic book origin stories. How he got into the hobby you know, the struggles of podcasting, all that fun stuff at the end of it, you know, just kind of felt really good about the vibe we all had. We, we stood outside of the restaurant for like another 45 minutes just talking. And because <laughs> for uh, some reason, Lolita's in downtown closes at nine o'clock downtown San Diego and they close the doors at 9 p.m. They clearly like, don't Do like we- money. Ultimately, we decided, like, let's try to make something happen. Uh, let's try to do a panel or something. Overall, it was a fantastic dinner. It was a great time with with a lot of, of good friends in this space. And it really, uh, it was an amazing time. We'd been talking online with these people since we, we started the podcast. And so being able to meet them all in person was, it's really fun to know that online connection that we had translates into real life because sometimes it is not that way, but everyone got along really well. And afterwards, seriously, it, it was just so much fun. It was a great night. We may or may not have shouted a phrase and put our hands in the middle. And it, it, there's a lot of fun stuff that, it happened. It, and so, but those are, those are secrets. The front of Lolita's will keep until it, <laughs> until it collapses. No one will know, but yeah, it, it was just a blast. So again, just shout out to all of those amazing uh, podcasts and, and people that we were able to meet. Just, it, it was just so much fun to finally get to, to meet all of you in person. Okay. Then Kevin Feige took the stage in hall H and thus began the Marvel studios panel. And, uh, you know, this was this is uh, such a thrill ride. And we weren't even there because, I mean, it's 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 hard to get into Hall H if you're not committed to it all day. But um, the just real quick aside on that. uh, So Brad and Lisa were in there and we were kind of living vicariously through them when they were in the Hall H panel. Um, They had a Hall H family, like a line family that. They were in line since Thursday morning. Ugh. They had a group of people and they worked in shifts. Oh, geez. So basically they would like take different shifts and stuff. And I think it was the night before the panel, like Friday night was Brad and Lisa's shift. And they were out there sleeping on the cold, the cold streets <laughs> in front of the, in front of Hall H to get in. That's, that's nuts. So anyways, that's what. That's what they did. But they were there. They were in there. But uh, to your point, Chris, none of us were, but we heard a lot about it. So yeah. Con- yeah. continue, please. It, yeah. There, there, is, there was a lot of information that came out during the panel. Do we just want to like hit on like the highlights? There, You can look up anywhere on the internet. I mean, it's, it's all over YouTube. It's all over Twitter. It's all over everything, major news outlets. So we're not going to say everything, but I think that they basically – touched on 
phase four is going to end with uh, Black Panther Wakanda Forever. They went over a lot of the phase five uh, titles and then went on to say phase six will conclude the multiverse saga, which was given a name. So the phase four, five and six are kind of being whole thing. And it's going to end with two Avengers movies uh, in the same year. Now, of course, dates have been known to switch. You know, pandemics have been known to switch everything around. Um, So (laughs) dates don't really mean anything. I mean, it could this could be pushed away, but they just they just like to get stuff on on there. But then in phase six is going to start with Fantastic Four in November of 2024. And then there's eight mystery titles, which could be on Disney Plus or uh, in the in the video so what we thought or in the movies uh so what we thought would be fun would be to do a little speculation as to what some of those or all of those eight titles would be just for fun because that's something that not a lot of people have done although some people have done it (laughs) but before we do that what are you guys excited about out of all the things and i posted in the notes but what are you excited about all the things that were announced in phase four or phase five, the, the two remaining phase four, She-Hulk and Black Panther or all of phase five uh, or phase six? What were you excited about? What was announced? Uh, the thing that surprised me the most that I'm extremely excited about is the fact that we're getting an 18 episode season of Daredevil based yeah, on the Daredevil that... born again storyline. Yes, Nuts. please. And thank you. <laughs> Yes. With, with oh Charlie Cox and Vincent D'Onofrio returning as Daredevil, Matt Murdock, and Kingpin, like, uh, I, which is amazing. Oh, I'm so Just, excited. I, I knew – like we knew this was coming. We knew the series was going to be announced. We didn't know they were going all in with 18 episodes. 18 I kind of thought they were going to go for a for a movie. Huh? I, I thought they were going to make a Daredevil movie. I was kind of just like, I, maybe they'll do. I think they have too much in-depth story to tell for a movie. I, th- I think yeah. they want to make sure everyone understands how this character is being established because we'll get a more definitive answer of like how this continuation kind of is going on since the Netflix yeah. series is over. But I I cannot wait to see what they do with this because they now have a long form way of telling these stories because comics are long, long form. It, it's right. meant to be this this burn over time that have these payouts yeah. Yeah. and having a show with that many episodes it, like, like this. That's like an old school season of TV. <laughs> yeah, this is yeah. this is our first true full length series, not a miniseries. This is a season of a yeah. show. Yeah, it's interesting like you, that you bring that up and, and, you know, the more I think about it, the more I'm because a lot of people have talked about how Marvel is really leaning into Disney plus and a lot more serialized shows, right? There's a lot, there's a lot more to phase four than there was in the previous three phases, right? Like there's, there's whole yeah. shows to catch up on Hawkeye, all that stuff, right? Which can be overwhelming for like a standard fan, but at the same time, like, it makes me wonder, like, should they be unpacking heroes like Spider-Man heroes like, you know, heroes like Captain America, you know, future iterations or whatever, um, even more like they, they already did that a bit with Captain America, but like through series instead. Right. Like maybe the way that they use film will change as the phases go on so that they can use these long form stories or this long form format to like tell the stories they want to tell with the detail they want to tell them and then use the, the movies as a sort of like 
you know, final, like yeah. a finale, yeah. right? Yeah, like a finale or, or a capstone. Exactly. Like I, I could totally see that happening in, in, in future phases because yeah, I think, I think it, it just but, works better. But I, I think in, in, we already have two confirmed characters that started with a show uh, Captain America, Sam Wilson, and, and uh, Miss Marvel that that now are going into a movie. So I, I think that maybe that's a new thing of like we're going to take our time and show a kind of an extended origin story uh, with a lot of depth and whatnot, like with mm-hmm. Kamala Khan and and Sam Wilson becoming Falcon, transitioning into into Captain America. And who knows, maybe Moon Knight will get a movie, or he'll he'll certainly appear in some. I mean, like. It, it's kind of a new phase, <laughs> a, a new era of stuff for them where it's like we're going to have um, characters that have been in movies and been and now are in TV shows and now are going to go back to movies. So I think that's really interesting, you know, just how they're going to take their time on some. And then we're going to yeah. probably have, you know, uh, we, we know that Daredevil's showing up, uh, making a cameo in She-Hulk. And then he's also going to be animated in the Spider-Man uh, freshman year TV show, also voiced by Charlie Cox. And right, then he's going to get right. his own TV show. So they're very heavily leading in a Daredevil. And I, I wouldn't be surprised if he shows up in in some iteration and some in a movie or two in some way. But yeah, Daredevil is cool. Lance, did your head explode when they announced Thunderbolts? I mean, we, uh, we all knew yeah. it was coming. Yeah, <laughs> I, 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 my brain exploded and my wallet got excited because I have, <laughs> I have Thunderbolts first appearance in a nine, eight, and I have been sitting on that thing for a few years now. I am going to wait until they drop that trailer. It goes up in value and then I'm going to sell it and buy myself a very nice key. I'm not sure which key yet, but I'm getting a different key. Um, but, and and the reason why I say that is because Thunderbolts, the the film that they're going to do, it, it's a film or is it going to be a show? Film. It's a film. It's a film. So the the team that they're going to use in this film, so excited about. It, it, it's going to be awesome. It's going to be so strange. And there's so many other characters that they're going to include. The first appearance of Thunderbolts in the comics is a very boring team. I don't care for any of those characters. Uh, and it's a comic that I have no emotional ties to. I literally bought it because I was specking on it. Shout out to Spectales. Um, and uh, so I'm excited to now sell that and get a book that I actually do really want. And and to be forthcoming, they haven't announced any characters that are in Thunderbolts, but we can speculate as to some of the characters that have been around already, right? Yeah. Like who do you think who do you think that we've already seen will be in Thunderbolts? So for sure US Agent will be on that team. Yelena yeah. Belova will be on that team. I would be Makes shocked sense. if Abomination is not there. Honestly, right. like Wong is training with Abomination and seems to be also oh. in talks. So maybe their magic user will be Wong. That'd uh, be interesting. And then there's there's a lot of hope for people um that bullseye from the Netflix Daredevil series uh, will be brought in yeah. to be this part of the team. And I would love that. Cause he was in dark Avengers. Mm-hmm. And because yeah. bo- he Which takes on kind of... the mantle of Hawkeye. I love dark right. Avengers. I-, I thought it would be really cool if they did dark Avengers, but uh, like I'm excited about Thunderbolts. They have a lot to work with because there's also ghosts from the Ant-Man uh, mm-hmm. and the Wasp film there. They have Baron Zemo, that they could yeah. be using. I, I was thinking Baron Zemo might might come in as something. Yeah. Like an and, anti mm-hmm. an anti Iron Man kind of thing. Yeah. 
And then they have Taskmaster, who can basically pretend to be any character they need that character to be. So there's a lot of fun things. Uh, Aside from Thunderbolts, the other big one, obviously we have the two Avengers films that are closing out the multiverse saga phase or that or the multiverse saga. So we have the Kang dynasty and then it's going to end with secret wars. Like (laughs) that is the film that we, I, I have personally been wanting for a very long time because that's when you get nuts that's one thing anything can happen you can have characters from any multiverse literally multiverse saga this film is going to include everyone it's going to get crazy yeah it's gonna be like it's gonna be like the scene from end game where everyone comes out of the portals all the time that's the whole that's film that's what we thought might have happened with Doctor Strange and the Multiverse for Madness. Oh, the, yeah, the, I know. The, the kind they, of like the kind of pushback that, that film has gotten is like, yeah, we got to see like a couple of things for a couple of seconds. And yeah, so, but, yeah, but I think this is where that's just like the tease of like, that's what we could see is all these things and all these different multiverses. But Secret Wars I, what, yeah. should when pay you, off on that. Mm-hmm. And, and if it doesn't, it, it really should. Uh, yeah, if it, it if it if it gets to the end of the phase, that phase, if it gets to Secret Wars and they're not delivering like that, that's bad news. <laughs> that's really so, bad so news. So that's that kind of I mean, you know, other things that I'm excited about. I mean, I'm really excited about Secret Invasion because I like the idea of characters that we thought were dead might not be dead. Uh, characters that we have trusted for a while are uh, they heavily leaned that Sharon Cotter might be uh it, in the end of um yeah captain america winter soldier was kind of up to something and i i have a sneaking suspicion she might be a scroll you mean you mean mean, uh winter soldier (laughs) captain america and oh you mean captain america and the winter soldier show yeah 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 okay yeah falcon and the winter soldier but there we go which was then rebranded as captain america but anyway uh yeah so i mean i think that's going to be interesting. Um, Guardians should be fun, but end, ending of the Guardians saga. So Ironheart is going to make her appearance in uh, Wakanda Forever, uh, but she will have her own show on Disney Plus in next year of fall, and then Agatha, Coven of Chaos. But then we will have Fantastic Four in 2024, yeah. um, which, by the way, th- the last thing they announced for Thunderbolts... Okay, so... T- Let's see. May is it Captain America: New World Order? That's going to be Sam Wilson, mm-hmm. um, Captain America, and then that's and then later in that year, kind of putting all the dates together. Uh, later, we'll have the first movie of Phase Six, which is Cap, which is Fantastic Four. Yeah. In twenty and then there's a, and then there's a bunch of gaps. So basically, Phase Five is eighteen months. Phase Five is eighteen months long. So. Okay. So what do we think? is are some of the things that we're going to see uh in phase six between fantastic four and avengers uh the king dynasty i, I think, think i think eternals <laughs> i think eternals 2 is coming for sure i don't think um, they're gonna do it i, I think they're gonna, gonna do, do it i think they're gonna do it i think they're gonna do it you heard it here first uh on august whatever day this this podcast publishes <laughs> um i i think they will um i, I think i don't know that I think that there has been a renaissance of the Eternals as more things kind of come into focus for phase four and phase five and and ultimately into phase six. 
Um, I think we're going to see more Eternals. And I think that the closing scene to Eternals remains one of the most insane endings to a Marvel film ever. That's like, true. If, yeah. if you had any concern that they couldn't do Celestial's justice, right. that ended right there. Like That is true. It, it's... it's insane it's insane the scope the scale that's galactus level insanity big and that's going to be phase seven and on right like i that i think that'll be next one farther down the line but (laughs) that's when you get silver surfer yeah Yeah. silver surfer is coming i I feel like they're going to tease him and stuff and then like that'll give it time for phase six there and Mm -hmm. and then start to build the Galactus. but anyways i think we're going to see some more internals that's my that's one of my bets i have a longer list but that's my first yeah, well, we we for sure know that Shang Chi two is coming. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, Doctor Strange three. We know yep. Armor Wars was announced, so that's probably still happening. Where we'll see Rhodey and and some other like um, Iron Man, you know, like like robotic kind of villains and whatnot. More Thor too. We'll see more Thor. So yeah, there's a lot of sequel stuff. I think uh, one one prediction that I read is is they're going to do a young Avengers as a TV show. A hundred percent. Cause they're definitely hinting at young Avengers. It's either going to be a movie or a TV show, but they, I think a TV show would be good because it's going to be a lot of like younger mm-hmm. actors and they're going to get to explore them a little bit. They're cheaper you know, so on the show. <laughs> they're cheaper, cheaper to hire in for a TV show. So sure. I, I'm going to say this. I think okay. a young Avengers TV show will happen in between the Avengers films. Because oh, so we're talking sure. about Kang Dynasty. All the Avengers are going to go ah, and then and then the Young Avengers are going to be yes. like, we need to step up because yeah. the Young Avengers go against Kang in the comics. So if I had a bet on where it would be placed, I think it's going to be between the two big F- Avengers films that end out the multiverse saga. Makes yeah, sense. because they're only six months apart. That's the other crazy thing. Those two Avengers films are only six months apart from each other. Like, yeah. and if, it, if you think about what they did with the last one, they had they had two movies in between the the Avengers movies, and one of them was their Deus Ex Machina, Captain Marvel, who was basically like, okay, here's a powerhouse hitter, and then they had Ant Man and the Wasp, which uh, which was kind of like, here's the loophole <laughs> that yeah. allows people to come back, or allows you know at least time travel, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they're going to do Nova as a TV show. I like that theory. Just they're not giving up on the cosmic stuff. They have roots in it. And I think that would be a fun mm-hmm. and, and, and Nova could be one of the younger Avengers if they go for younger Nova or, or they might do like the Nova core saga kind of mm-hmm. stuff. There, there um, is footage of Kevin Feige talking to a person that's in cosplay of Nova at one of the events and he tells him, he's like, yeah, he's coming. Like, so Nova is on his way. We know the character's coming. Yeah, that's cool. He's probably, I mean, I think he's coming in Guardians. That'd be cool. That's, because cool. I, I, I think, I think a lot, I think a lot of those, I mean, I don't think Silver, and, and remember, James Gunn had said that a really notable character from Marvel was coming in Guardians 3. 
So okay. I could see, I could see. So if it's not Adam Warlock, it's either it's either Nova or. Oh, that's true because Warlock is coming. Yeah, we know Warlock's coming. The, but yeah, there's going to be more characters be be, yeah. because this this Guardians film is going to end Gunn's run with the series, like with with this yeah. team. I don't think this is the last Guardians movie we get, though. I think another creator is going to take over, and the team is going to look very different. Yeah, it's so going to change. like I think we might have Adam Warlock stay on the Guardians team. I could see Nebula sticking around. I could see Nova showing up and becoming part of that team. There's a lot of things that can happen. You know, Beta Ray Bill's out there somewhere. He might show up on the team. <laughs> just just saying yeah. like they could make Please. a completely different <laughs> Guardians team. Like tonally could be very different. Sure. And they could just go on so many different events. Guardians is one of those things where you don't have the staff. It's, you don't have the same team all the yeah. time. You switch it it's up. It's crazy. Uh, I, I feel like this could even be its own podcast, you know, just like all the different things in phase six and yeah, uh, its own episode. But um, some of the yeah. other things that I heard or read of, of like potential things, obviously there, there should be more Spider-Man movies, which I don't know if they can really announce that, or maybe Sony has to announce it. But at some point there will be another Spider-Man trilogy because mm-hmm. money is yet to be made. It's going to make so um, much money. I mean, you know, it's going to and that's where you could introduce Spider-Gwen, Miles Morales. I mean, other characters in that in that universe that can be brought into Secret Wars. Um, uh, I read that they might do a a Planet Hulk. Something, either a movie or a show. So did they get the rights back from Universal then? I don't know. Because they, they weren't allowed to make a solo Hulk film. Because Universal still owns the rights. Right. So but they, but the, the theory is that they might be able to do a TV show because of something, something, something. OK, that's I'm, I'm good with that because Planet Hulk is one of my favorite comics. That's like one of the things that got me to love comics was Planet yeah. Hulk. So and, and it would be kind of like a, a it would be sort of like a flashback in between Avengers 2 and and uh, Thor Ragnarok of like. How he got there, his rise, the whole thing, blah, 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 blah. And then we're going to see like future things. The, uh, what I'll say, though, is kind of moving on from the Planet Hulk thing. Mm-hmm. The other the other thing I'll speculate on what is coming. And Jeremy and I talked about this already. I think we're going to get a Midnight Suns movie. Oh, yeah, we, they we are have pretty much everyone we need at this mm-hmm. point. Yeah, yeah, Ghost, yeah. We, I mean, we, we need a ghostwriter. Yep. And I like, I think that, like, because we have Punisher for sure is going to be coming back. We have Blade. We'll have Black Knight. Like, they're going to introduce Ghost Rider somewhere. He's going to be coming. Like, they have, I read they have- a Ghost Rider poster. There was a Johnny Blaze poster in the trailer. Or, no, in the trailer for She-Hulk. Yeah, like, it's coming. Yeah. They're, they're for <laughs> sure going to do a Midnight Suns movie because yeah. they're so cool. And they can throw in, like, the supernatural villains. Yeah. That they can go up against, which is going to be a completely different tone from everything else that they're doing. It adds. They're a not going to do Mephisto, but if we see, oh, if we see Blackheart, I'm going to lose my mind. <laughs> like if they put Blackheart in there, I'm going to go insane because I love that guy. Yeah. Um, cool. So we're Very not going to cool. see mutants until phase seven, eight, or nine, or somebody said yeah. phase ten is going to be phase X, mm-hmm. and that's going to be. Oh my gosh! They, yeah, that's so they, far from now. Though. I know. Like, like it's because they can't. 20, they can't recast. 29. They can't recast X Men characters until twenty twenty five. They're limited on the contracts yeah. that the that those actors have oh, yeah, with the characters. Yeah. They came out sure. and said that, and so 
they that's why they can include Professor X because they didn't recast that character, but they can't yeah. do anything else with it. So they're basically going to finish out the multiverse saga, and then I think we're definitely going to go a lot more towards X Men. But seeing the established X Men later on, we're going to get these hints like we did in Ms. Marvel. There's going to be other characters that are going to be shown to be mutants that we might not right. have expected them to be mutants. So yeah. there, like there's new, a lot like of fun new things mutant they can do. characters. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. they're going to finish. Yeah. They'll finish out the multiverse saga and then move into X-Men, which is interesting because then that might mean that, because my first thought is like, well, okay, so we do Thanos, we do Kang, we do Galactus. But if the X-Men come in in phase seven, then maybe it's like onslaught or something, right? Like maybe there's a different sort of big bad onslaught with that wild the the 90s kid in me it just yeah jumps for joy whenever i see or Uh, hear about onslaught i know and then what if they do uh what if they do house of m or or um what am i thinking of the age of apocalypse yeah yeah age of apocalypse would be wild so that's the other thing they could do like they can maybe they can do apocalypse justice yeah woof all right well anyways we kind of went down uh, went down, down a rabbit, rabbit hole. A lot, there. Of, <laughs> lot of fun stuff. I mean, Marvel killed it, and uh, it, it was yeah. it was it was fun. Uh, Sunday, do we want to say? I mean, there was a couple of things in Sunday. I wrote down a few panels. Again, I didn't go to, but I just thought were cool in the in the comics space. Uh, Women in Marvel um, was was uh, kind of a highlight for Marvel uh, female creators, and uh, there was a panel on Sonic the Hedgehog comics, which my son was very excited about. Um, there was a panel. In the indie scene, uh, Jeff Smith, who who wrote and created Bone, which is a fantastic series that ran for many, 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 many years. Uh, there was a spotlight panel on him. Um, so, yeah, Sunday is, is a kids day, friendly day at Comic-Con. Yeah. And it's also yeah. a great day to buy your last minute books because a lot of the graphic novels go on sale because everybody just wants to get rid of heavy stuff. Um, so if you're going to buy books and heavy things and big things, if they're still around, um, Sunday is the day to kind of wait for that. And sometimes you can kind of negotiate prices with some people because everybody's as, as big as Comic-Con is, it's all these little tiny businesses, some of which are just sort of promoting their own thing. So a lot of times you can bring something to the table and be like, Hey, what, what can I get? You know? Yeah. Last minute. Yeah. Sunday was definitely kind of the layback day for us. We, we didn't really have too many panels to go check out. It was kind of just, the, the little things here and there that we wanted to finish up. I think it was on Sunday that I got my Moon Knight 7 signed by David Finch. And it was really cool because the person right before me in line had actually paid for a, uh, a sketch on his blank variant. And he pro- so Finch proceeded to do this really cool Spider-Man facing like face to face with Moon Knight. And it, hmm. it was amazing to see this incredible artist just go off on this page and put all these amazing details. It was just absolutely beautiful and stunning to see in person somebody of that caliber doing art in front of me. Yeah. Something funny was that the, the issue that I got signed was, so Moon Knight issue seven, it's a... a cover of Moon Knight and Spider-Man kind of teeing off against somebody off frame like uh, to the right side to their left to our right when you are looking at the book (laughs) and funny enough finch said that 
he actually got a lot of flack from Marvel for the cover because at the time it came out, Marvel was doing all these like in your face, like going towards the viewer rather than looking off to the side. So my favorite Moon Knight cover was something that Marvel didn't like that he did. So I thought that was pretty funny. So Marvel, you, you don't have the answers to everything. You know, some cool covers are out there that you might not like. But Finch, Finch was super nice. It, it was great meeting him. And, and I think the only thing I really did was I walked around and and Chris, like you said, buy those trade paperbacks, buy the compendiums on that last day, just because there's going to be a lot of sales going on. I was able to pick up uh, Saga number or Saga volume one. I was able to pick up a nice. Rick Remender trade that I didn't know of at seven to eternity. I didn't know about the series, but it looks super fun. So I'm really excited to check that one out. And cool. then I, I picked up uh, another trade. Oh, I picked up dead day by Ryan Parrott. So they, okay. there's like, I picked up we're books. We're finally going to get to a, a saga episode. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So yeah. I am, <laughs> I am finally jumping into saga. Nice. Apologies to literally every listener that continues to scream at me to read Saga. I'm working on it. I'm sorry. Yeah, it's on. It's on the. It's in the pile. Um, Yeah, I I went to the same vendor uh, as Lance. Lance actually kind of pointed me out to the place that had all the trades and the hardcovers and was like, "Man, they have some good deals here." And so uh, I picked up Dark Ark by Colin Bunn uh, to read, which looks super awesome. Friend Um, of the show, Colin Bunn. What? Yeah, friend of the show, Cullen Bunn. Uh, I'm actually super stoked because Cullen Bunn is working on a Bloodborne comic right now from Titan Comics. And I read the first issue of it today and it is amazing. Um, Anyways, so yeah, Dark Arc. Uh, I also picked up Saga Volume 1. Yeah. And uh, what else did I grab? I got that Ghost Cage trade early when I went went to Sadrugoda. Yeah, yeah, Jeremy. So when we went to go get the signatures from Dragoda, he actually had the trade paperbacks of issues one, two, and three that hadn't been released yet. He just had the early printings of them. And so Jeremy was able to snag one, which is incredible. A week early. It was amazing. Uh, And got them signed by both uh, Nick and Caleb, which was great. Um, So, yeah, I did some shopping for some solo issues. So I got Strange Tales... I got some of my Strange Tales Volume 1 that I was looking for. Uh, Lance almost convinced me to spend $1,400, give or take, on on a Strange Tales 110. I I still think you should have done it. Still should have done it. I mean, so for, uh, for, for those out there that don't know, that's the first appearance of Doctor Strange. It is the first appearance of Doctor Strange, which is really the only major key. I have left in my Doctor Strange collection. Should have done that it. One. Pull the trigger, Jeremy. Uh, I will. I mean, I will keep keep an eye on the eBay. See if I can find a low grade <laughs> copy for a decent price. I what I want is Young Avengers to take off because we have all those graded slabs to sell, and yep. I want DC to do something competent with Black Cat so we can make some money off the nine six we have of the first sure. Black Cat. Yeah, um, we have anyways. a lot of we have a lot of books that we invested in that we. <laughs> are sitting on yeah patient, and as patiently. soon as rogue shows up we're also going to make some money too um yeah, sure. oh, but oh, 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 yeah. so i walked around with my son who's eight it was his yeah. first comic-con Woo. uh my son calvin and uh he had a blast um he at some point like halfway through he was like we're walking a lot and i was like yeah <laughs> it's like this there's a lot of walking <laughs> back and forth but he we just did i kind of saw the con through sort of different eyes um and he was very focused on you know finding a toy 
that that maybe was different. And um, so we looked at a lot of Transformers and um, and like Hasbro and GI Joe and and um, uh, Hot Wheels and things like that. We went to the Hot Wheels booth and did a little Mario Kart racetrack thing. And he he won uh, the 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 race. And the guy that was running the booth was like, here, you can keep it. And it's like a little Mario Tanuki race car thing. And he's like, let him Fun. keep the thing. And that's cool. We saw all the Buzz, Light- Buzz Lightyear um, action figures, which he loves. And, and you know, he's like, I want that. And I want the XL15. <laughs> and and we saw all the, all the Marvel um, uh, action figures that are coming out, you know, that we, you, we looked at on Saturday, which was really cool. And I actually got him to look at some of the artist alley stuff. I was like, look at this, look at this. Let's hang up something in your room. So I want to show you guys, and I know it's bad for the podcast, but I want to show you this cool poster that we got. So this is the first one, which is, uh, he's a big Falcon fan. So we got this cool Jim Chung, uh, Falcon as, uh, Sam Wilson, Captain America. Um, just amazing, cool horizontal print. And then I I can attest it looks cool. (laughs) <laughs> and then I got a Jim Chung and it's like all the Marvel kind of heroes together on this metallic foil paper. You can see that. And there's just, just, there's just everyone. I, I just wanted like awesome. a good, yeah. a good like, what, is, what is it about uh, metallic got, like, foil prints that gets me? Every oh, time. we almost got that silver surfer on Sunday too. Oh you, my God. That one looked so dope. Yeah. There, yeah. There's, there's a vendor that I've seen at multiple conventions now that he does these oh, with incredible all those, the metallic prints. Yeah. He does these incredible prints, but then he also has metallic versions of them. And so his metallic one for silver surfer was incredible. Then he also had ones for all of the Wakanda characters. We had one for black Panther mm-hmm. killmonger, but my favorite one is his venom because the metallic on the venom turns blue. Like the, <laughs> the way the animated sure. series looked. Yeah. Oh, it's so great. It's so good. Yeah. And I went to uh, um, Stuart, Stuart Ng uh, booth, which is a, a booth for artists um, that a lot of has a lot of like uh, European and foreign art uh, sketchbooks and art resources. So I got a couple of like uh, um, uh, character design quarterly magazines and uh, a couple of character design uh, things and some sketchbooks from some of my artists that I like. And so uh, from from a different standpoint you know from a different yeah. uh, view <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I got a couple of those i gotta gotta invest in the in the character design hobby nice yeah definitely um also on sunday before we get to the last thing that we did um we went to the dragon ball activation outside for some photo ops so much fun. um there were there so basically um toei sorry, and it's okay. Toei and Crunchyroll kind of partner together and they put on this big activation. They've done it for at least a couple of comic cons now. And, um, there are amazing photo opportunities out there. There were, there were statues of the Ginyu force. So, uh, and all there life were like statues, all life size. Um, there were like areas where you could pretend like you're shooting like, um, special beam cannon, a command man and stuff. And so me, Lance and Wesson from arcane anthems, uh, all went over there and we did some, picture taking and stuff and there was a giant ape saying uh which was which was really cool um so yeah we took some pictures and just kind of embraced our inner child uh and then in the afternoon uh lance and i went to funko pop talk live uh at hall h uh which was our second and final 
Hall H event for the weekend. Um, so those who are familiar, uh, Funko Pop Talk is a web series that uh, basically the uh, founder and uh, creative head uh, for Funko, uh, they kind of alternate and take turns, bringing on various talent and celebrities um, to talk to them about Funkos, talk to them about what they collect, uh, help them basically create and debut a new Funko Pop. Uh, and so that's what they did Um this time around, it was hosted by Fluffy, aka Fluffy. Gabriel Iglesias. Fluffy, uh, who had some uh, had some great, uh, great some some great material to present, um, and brought on uh, some friends, um, some celebrity talent to help out with the show, um, including um, it's William Zabka, right? Yes, William Zabka. And so then, Johnny Johnny Lawrence from Cobra Kai, Karate Kid, uh, Rosario Dawson. The ultimate nerd. Sin City uh, and Zombieland, Ahsoka, all that stuff. Uh, And then uh, a guy. Okay, he's a little he's a little abstract. Um, He was in a movie called Shang-Chi and a show called Kim's Convenience. Um, This guy's name is Simu Liu. Uh, Yeah. So Simu Liu was there. (laughs) It's just crazy. (laughs) Which was so cool. I, I was losing my mind when, when he said yeah, Kim Nance. Like, as soon as I was they like, said, no freaking way. As soon as they said Kim's convenience, I started like hitting Jeremy's leg. I was like, Simu, Simu, Simu. And then he came down on stage and then he did a backflip on stage in dress shoes. He did. He did. It was amazing. And they um, made a joke about them going, if he had been injured, they would have had to make an exclusive pop of him like holding a broken leg. Yeah. Yeah. Or like in a body cast or whatever. <laughs> um, but yeah. So. It was great. I mean, Rosario had some hilarious stories. Simu's she was amazing. Talk was great. Um, and I think actually they're all online now. So if you go to Funko's uh, YouTube page, you can see the Funko Pop Talk live, uh, live from Hall H. Um, and at the end of it, um, they let us all know what our prize was, um, which essentially each attendee got two limited edition Funko Pops, um, one of a Freddy Funko in Comic-Con gear, like a shirt and everything, uh, limited to 6,800 pieces. And then there were um, some different colored Demogorgons from Stranger Things. Uh, There was also a Johnny Lawrence and a Shang-Chi limited edition Pops. And those were limited to 500 each. So that's an exceedingly rare pop. The most rare Funko that's ever been made was a metallic Mickey Mouse um, that had 480 pieces uh, made. So these ones were only slightly, you know, only had slightly like 20 more pieces than that. So they were very, very rare. Um, and yeah, so we all ran over. <laughs> Me and Lance ran <laughs> over to the to the redemption area to uh, get those Funkos. And um, yeah, it was just it was just a great time. It was just a lot of fun. Yeah, it was a blast. And that was the end of our comic con um that was our sunday afternoon uh lance and i got some sushi after Mm -hmm. a long long weekend we went and got some sushi yeah uh and then yeah just just peaced out uh after that so we were we were it was a good time we were dehydrated we had shin splints but we made (laughs) it through comic con 2022 and i am so excited for comic con 2023 already We'll do it again next year. 
So in between recordings of part one and part two of our coverage, oh, yeah. we hit 15,000 downloads. So 15,000? That's so many. 15,000. 15,000. So we just wanted to thank all of our listeners and everyone that's been so supportive in the podcasting community. And to kind of celebrate it, we are going to be doing a giveaway. We are literally going to be filling up a flat rate box full of comics, trade paperbacks, other goodies that we're going to throw in there. And in order to get it, we'll be making a post about it. But all you have to do is go on to Apple Podcasts or iTunes, leave a review for our podcast, and just send us confirmation that you did it. You can do it through uh, our Twitter. You can you so at CBKCast on Twitter. You can send it to us on Instagram at CBKCast. There, just message us, or you can email us at or comicbookkeepers at gmail.com. So any of those ways, let us know. Just send us an image of you putting in a review for us. If you've already written a review for us, just tell, share the show with one of your friends, have them write a review. If you do that, let us know. We'll, and both of you will be submitted for the giveaway. Uh, but yeah, there's going to be a lot of fun things in there and uh, we are covering the shipping costs. You don't have to pay anything. Just write the review, send it to us. We'll take care of the rest. Amazing. Awesome. And thank you. Thank you. This is uh, when we started this, two years ago yeah it's been two years already Mm -hmm. uh we just did it because it was like fun and it's still fun but it's become this sort of you know really fun feeling whenever we record an episode like what are we going to talk about this time and like this new character and uh so we're going to keep doing it if you if those of you who listen keep liking it and keep referring it to other people and we just want to talk to talk to other fans and other uh, creators and and uh, talk about new characters and other characters that are out there. So thank you all for listening so much. It's been a blast, and we hope to do 15,000 more. Here's to the next 15,000. <laughs> yeah. I, I actually Let's just do it. Yeah, I actually just checked, and we have officially been doing this for two years and two weeks. Nice. Yeah. So, uh, again, thanks, everyone. This has been a blast, and we we can't wait to do more. It's time to close the book on day three and four of San Diego Comic-Con 2022. So until next time, this is Chris. And Lance. And Jeremy. Reminding you to keep your friends close. But your comic books closer. Excelsior! Comic-Con!